I flew into the Mexico City MTC, and I flew in on this big airplane full of other missionaries, and um, it was just so beautiful. It was the springtime, so the whole city was covered in, in purple trees, and as I flew in, I just saw all these big, big buildings, and um, I sat there, like, just super worried because I had never taken Spanish class in high school. I, I studied, I, I did a year of sign language and, um, you know, I had tried like Duolingo for a few times before my mission, but just nothing ever worked and, or clicked or made sense. Um, and I just, you just said, you know what, I'll just wait till I get there. And I showed up into the, um, the, the airport and there was this elder, elder Barnard, and he was sitting there listing off his Spanish, and I just, like, looked at him, and normally I would, like, laugh or make fun of him, but he just, like, he knew more Spanish than I did, and I, it was so, I felt so unprepared, and we flew into Mexico City, it was a super bumpy landing, and they loaded us into this big car, and we drove for about an hour back, winding through Mexico City, and I just, it was beautiful, just colorful, be- the jacaranda trees were bright purple. I didn't understand anything on the writing, on the, on the wall, on the billboards, which was, that was a, that was a first. Um, and we pulled up to the MTC, and there are 10 foot, 10, 15 foot tall fences with barbed wire, and it was, it was, it was crazy. I mean, there's guards with guns and everything, and we got, we got into the, the MTC. It was so beautiful, just green grass and big, tall palm trees. And while I was in the missionary training center, I learned, I learned the vocabulary. I learned how conjugations work, how to make fill-in-the-blank sentences for all my basic needs. Um, I learned how to give a basic testimony, and I don't know, I felt really, really embarrassed about it because it was like the exact same as my other missionaries because it was memorized. It felt like a lie, like my accent, my grammar, and it just, it just felt like a lie. We would spend hours every day saying the same words and I'd move my lips and my tongue and I just felt like I was making fun of the language. Um, my grammar, I didn't have any grammar. I just memorized sentences and then I would replace the words like to customize it for each situation. Um, I felt like my testimony was really strong, but it felt like it was for nothing because I had no ability to express what, what I had in my heart. It was, I only had like 15 words and it was all like in the same, same like phrases. And yeah, it was just really tough. And I spent six weeks there in this gorgeous paradise and there was these parrots and they just flipped back and forth and they were so friendly because they knew none of the missionaries would hurt them. And I just, you said, you know what, I, I can either like freak out or I can like enjoy my time here. And I decided to enjoy my time and, you know, there's great food. The missionaries were amazing. And I just focused on really reading the scriptures and building my testimony with Christ because I knew that if I had that, then my Spanish would come around um, and so when the six weeks ended, they let us back into the buses and we flew out of Mexico city at like seven o'clock and, um, in the afternoon and all of the fellow missionaries and I, we were all heading to Santiago and, uh, there was this, uh, we had dinner on the plane. It was ravioli. It was so, so good. Um, and then about one hour before we landed, I went to that airport bathroom and I had like the worst diarrhea of my life. Um, it, I was so sick, so sick. 
And we landed, and it was like three in the morning. It was dark and cold because you know the seasons are switched there. Um, so even though it was you know May back in this in the states, it was late spring here. It was just it was just miserable. It was cold and, and raining. And so two of the people from the MTC group, Ramana Raz Band and uh, Elder Rose, we were we were the only ones who were going to Santiago East. Um, and we got they put us in taxis and drove us clear to the mission office. It was three in the morning, super dark. I couldn't see anything. The driver, she was a woman. She was a missionary just like me, but I it was so weird I couldn't talk to her. I didn't I didn't know how to say. I didn't have anything to say. Um I tried like with my poor Spanish, but like nothing. Like it was just so bad. And um we sat the three of us sat in the the mission offices for 12 hours waiting for our trainers to show up. And about every once an hour we'd go into the bathroom and just like have the worst diarrhea of our lives apparently because we had all ordered that same cheese ravioli um and we were just sick sick from it um and i finally got it was so funny so my whole time was in the i was in the mtc all i did was pray to have um a companion who wasn't american i just wanted her to to um speak spanish perfectly and um I wanted to be able to like have a cool accent and stuff. And so we had this big rule of like no speaking English outside of the house. And so um, in the mission. And so we pulled up and we started getting assigned our trainers. And I looked at mine, her name, and, you know, president said it was Armana Phillips. And it was this tiny little, um, little blue eyed, brown curly hair and pale as can be girl. And I was like, well, this is not, not the Latina I asked for, but you know, I'll take it. And we got back into the house and she started talking and she just has this thick Australian accent. Um, it was so funny because I was like, well, you know, I asked for, I didn't, I asked for someone who wasn't American and that's what I got. So, um, I went into, my first area was Las Condes, which is like the richest part of South America. And it was tough in a different way. Um, you know, like seven course meals, everyone, like the social constructs in this ward were just super tight. And we had to like really understand each of the members. Um, and like everyone there spoke English too. Like, so when I would talk and mess up, it they would judge me. Like, I know English. Why can't you learn Spanish? Um, and it was really tough, but it, it helped me get better and helped me gain the confidence I needed. Um, and so one time I was in the elevator with my trainer and I just saw this woman. She was super fashionable. She had this really cool hat on. Um, and so I decided to like strike up a conversation. And I said, me gusta su gordo. And she she looked at me and she said, gracias, es por el invierno. So I said, like, oh, I like your hat. And she said, oh, thanks. It's It's for the winter. And so I, I stepped out of the elevator and my my um, trainer just started laughing so hard. And I didn't understand why. She said, Armana, you said gordo, not gorro. And like gora means hat, but gordo means fat. And so I just told this woman that I liked her fat. So I felt so embarrassed. Um, and yeah, that, ha- that happened like several times. Just little stories like that. And I... It was about six months into she eventually went home. I had another companion from Brazil. And then after my time with her, I got reassigned. Um, I whitewashed an area, which means that both of the missionaries who get there don't, um, like, we both are brand new to the area. And 
Hermana Madrid, that was her name. She and I were instant best friends. Her English was excellent, but she, so we, but she, so she practiced her English with me and I practiced her Spanish. Um, but like for some reason it made it even harder because every time that she correct my Spanish, like it just hurts so bad. I don't know why. Um, I used this like conjugation for a future tense, which is like a cheat hack for those of us who speak English. And she got after me one day. She said, Armani, you have like so much potential. Like your accent's great. Your vocabulary is awesome. And like, you love the language, but like, why are you taking these shortcuts? Like, why don't you push yourself to be better? Your Spanish can be so good. And I just, like I told her, it's it's so hard for me because I don't feel like myself when I speak the language. I feel like I'm stealing someone else's accent and I feel like I'm stealing someone else's language. I'm pretending to be someone I'm not. And my whole life, I had been perfect at, at, at English. My ability to, to speak in English was awesome. Um, but after learning Spanish, I just started stuttering really bad in English as well. And now my purpose as a missionary just was like hung on this ability to express myself. But my Spanish was like at the level of a four-year-old. And she just like put her arm around me and she said, Armana, it hurts when Heavenly Father makes us work for things, doesn't it? And I just decided from then on to not to not settle for that lazy conjugation and just try to my best my accent and just making sure my Spanish was as good as it could be. Um, the So we got transferred and my she, my companion, my Madrid, went on to be a um, sister training leader. The girl that I trained, she's from Peru. And the 12 weeks we were together, I spoke nothing but Spanish. When I'd call my parents on P-Day, I was really uncomfortable to talk to them in English. When I heard a sentence in Spanish, I didn't have to, like, translate it to English to be able to give it meaning. I simply heard what people said, and I understood it as if it was my native language. Our time together was full of fun and learning. Like, I knew that God waited until I was confident in my language skills before I received her. Like, I needed to be able to focus on her and her needs and not on myself in the language. Um, but then, you know, God, as he does, decided to challenge me again. My next companion had more time in the mission field than I did, and her, but her Spanish wasn't as good. Um, even though she had 14 months in the mission, like, my, her Spanish was not, like, up that great. She'd only ha- ever had American companions, and, um, it, I didn't understand why, like, this was possible, and then I realized it was because she didn't, she didn't love the people as much as she could have. Her her comments were always about how how she didn't like Chileans and she refused to be close to me, even though I worked so hard to love her. And I just felt crippled. Like every moment I had a loan from her, I would cry and just beg God to allow me to understand her. And I wished that my Spanish was bad so that like she could be better than me and maybe she would like me. Um after the six weeks with her. I got a call from the mission president and um, I heard that COVID-19 was affecting the world so much that the missionaries needed to return to their home countries. And so I was evacuated out of the country in love. I started convulsing on the floor. I don't remember getting home that night. And with a 12 hour notice, we, we packed our bags and scrambled to the airport. Um, I loved Chile and everybody I loved without my heart. I had no, I had no one to say goodbye to. I wasn't able to. And 
my whole mission, my whole goal was to go through the temple in Santiago with Hermana Brass Band and Hermana Madrid, but like that was never going to be a possibility. Um, that night before I left, um, Hermana Madrid called me. And I was curled into a ball on the cold floor, wishing that my lungs would just, like, not get out. And she choked out. Like, she told me, like, don't lose your Spanish. I want to be able to talk to you, even when even when we're old. And um, I eventually went home for six weeks, and I was so, so sad. I felt so alone. Um, I felt like God had abandoned me. Like, he was, like, there's just so many missionaries coming home. I just felt like a sheep in a in a flock um and then i got reassigned i i said i told my state president i wanted to go back out on a mission i read um i just knew i needed to finish what i had started and serve my 18 months um so a month and a half later i was at the base of the sierra nevada mountains um surrounded by palm trees i was in los angeles it was a lot more humid than santiago and the missionaries were just really cold um, my Spanish was way better than the elders who had even been out longer than me in the field. I was one of the most experienced sister missionaries in the field. And all I had was the four walls, my apartment and my companions. Um, my mission, my, those last six months I spent in Chi in California were just, I had panic attack after panic attack and I just nightmares of Chileans of the people that I had loved and served in Chile, just grabbing me and asking me why I would leave them. Um, my mission companions, like my mission president, I missed him so much. And I, I just wish I could have like given him a hug. Um, I just felt like, like I would never, I would never be able to express what was going on inside of my heart. And all the missionaries I was around, like, it just felt like it was, I was a foreigner. Um, but missionaries were supposed to be strong, right? Like, how could I be sad even though I was going home soon? I mean, I showed up to that, to the mission, and I only had three, to that mission in California, I only had three transfers left. And even though I just wanted to dedicate my work to the Lord, everybody just, the first thing they asked was, like, oh, you're you're going home soon. Oh, like, you're, you're, you're one foot in the grave. You're about to go home. Um... I just was so sad. I, my journals, I can't even read them hardly because like of how tear stained tear stained they are and how wrinkled the pages are. Um, and then about two years after that day, two years to the day that I got to the plane to the MTC to go to Mexico, I had my brother for the last time. And although he won't be learning another language, I know that he will have his own kind of struggles. I heard his. I hugged him and I heard his heart beating through his suit and I know that my parents are sad he's leaving. They're sad that they'll because they'll miss him. And of course I'll miss my little brother, but I cry because I know how much pain he's about to go through and I cry because I can't protect him from it. I can't protect him from the one thing to this day affects my ability to open my heart. And I cry because I know it. I cried because I knew he he wasn't ready. Because no one is ready to go on a mission. But everything that I cried, all the pain I felt, like I, I, I am happy for him too. Because I know that he'll learn how to lose and he'll learn how to, to hurt because of loss. But more importantly, he'll learn how to love so much and so deeply that the loss is, is so, so worth it. And I know that 
it can be hard to be yanked out of a place that you have fought to love in a language that you have struggled to learn. Um, but I know that that is for a reason. I know that what I went through happened because God needed me to go through that. And even though I might not know it all right now, I know that I will never have to feel like I got shorted because I know the Heavenly Father will make these things up to me. And I know that all these experiences that I've had in Spanish and in English have all helped me to become the person that he wants me to be.